Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, I am hosting this episode flying solo. Life had a different plan for you, Adit, but she'll be back with us next time. I am delighted, however, to welcome Alexandra Kunyanin, who is joining us for her home in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Alexandra is an activist and a proud feminist. I am so thrilled that you are here. Welcome. Thank you, Sharon. It's really nice to talk to you again. Will you share some life experiences that led to your feminism? The country I come from, um, Bosnia and Herzegovina, is a small country. It's it's in Europe, but it's also in Balkans. And Balkans is a very patriarchal part of the world. Uh, lots of tradition and uh, I'd say lots of uh, religious influence, especially in the last 30 years. Uh, before that, Western Balkans, as we know it today, was part of a communist country called Yugoslavia. And in communism, women had rights, women had a right to vote, women had the right to go to school and all the other rights that in 50s or 60s or 70s, some of the uh, countries that we know as progressive today did not have. Uh, So the legacy that Yugoslavia left to my generation, I was born uh, at the fallout of of the communism, was that women are equal in the terms that they go to work and that they earn money, but again, that in their homes, they are not equal to men. It means that there's lots of domestic violence. It means that there's lots of patriarchal uh, attitudes towards women. And that although women uh, go to work and earn money and and have their own income, they are still expected to take care of the kids, to do all the unpaid economy at home. You know, when I realized this, I was maybe 15 or 16. I always thought that, you know, like I I live in the city's capital. I felt that I'm privileged in in comparison to some other people. But then I realized that there are so many things in my country and my surrounding where women are not equal to men. That was the period when I started attending an international school, a boarding school, uh, also in in Bosnia and Herzegovina. But the school was attended by um, foreign students from different countries in the world. So this was the first time I started thinking about feminism and I started realizing what feminism is. And I started realizing how's my surrounding and how uh, there is inequality in my surrounding. And I started just realizing that things could be different and that it's not good, you know, that I should do something. So that was, I, I think, the first step I made towards feminism. and then. Later on, I started volunteering at a local NGO in Mostar, 
where we worked with women who were uh, survivors of domestic violence. That was another layer towards my feminism, realizing what's happening. And recently I started reading Gloria Steinem. It's like, you know, peeling an onion. You just see more and more layers to what there is and, and how we could all change uh, and what we should all do and how we should all treat each other. Would you share an experience that you personally had that shaped your feminism? I volunteered in a, in a safe house. That was a very brief uh, period of time. But then a few years after, I started working with UN women in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And one of the uh, projects that I was very much involved with was ending violence against women. I worked as a, as a communications advisor, so I had to travel a lot throughout the country and meet different women, and especially women survivors of violence. So that kind of, that touched me very, uh, on a very personal, uh, deep level, understanding what these women have survived and understanding the stigma that surrounds them and understanding the economic consequences towards them because usually women that are in safe houses don't have any other uh, system of support and that's something that really influenced my feminism that the inequalities we are women so that's one inequality you know but then there's another layer to it not being economically stable to support yourself or to leave the, the partnership in which you're not treated well. And then there's another uh, layer of poverty or there's another layer layer of living in a, in a small place that really doesn't have any understanding towards the problem that, that you have. Um, yeah, that was something that, that, you know, really made me uh, be more involved in activism and, and more uh, dedicated to women's rights. Spending so much time with women in shelters um, really opened up my views. Uh, and that was something that I dare to say that shaped me uh, into a person that I am today. Several years ago, you were a co-founder of IT Girls in your country. Tell us about that initiative. The IT Girl started off as a very small scale initiative. Uh, we came up with a website that, that could uh, promote stories of girls and women that are involved in software development in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And we wanted to organize one training in basic website development for girls in Sarajevo, Bosnia's capital. It was a revolutionizing idea at the time. There was no such initiative in the country. So we got the initial funding and we started the website and we started promoting all these amazing stories of women that work in software development companies across Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, some of them, you know, just going very personal on why they chose software development and what kind of obstacles they have faced in their lives, uh, even in their childhoods, you know, that, that make that made them believe that they could do what they do today. 
So all those stories kind of started being very viral across the country. And we had lots of girls and young women coming to us and and asking if we are going to organize a training or something that they could join uh, or just to point them to the resources we have or, uh, you know, where where they could learn more about coding, about software development, uh, about different companies that exist in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So back in 2015, uh, when we started with the website, we had a budget for a small four-day training for 15 girls in Sarajevo. Uh, we decided it to be a training in basic web development. Uh, so we kind of designed it to be uh, basics of HTML and CSS. But together with that, we also wanted to work on the confidence of, of girls. So why I'm saying this, we also noticed by interviewing all these women in software development that they often lack skills in presenting their knowledge or projects that they are working on. So along with teaching girls uh, the basics of, of web development, we wanted to teach them the presentational skills and also skills of protecting themselves on internet. We received more funding to replicate that training that was held in Sarajevo to uh, smaller places where girls and women don't really have that many resources as they would have in the capital. That turned out to be a success. And that first year uh, when we did the trainings, um, we had, I think, around 80 participants. Those were girls between 12 and 15 years old. Uh, Nowadays, they are between 18 and 20-something, and half of them are studying computer science. So you started with 15 girls. The pilot was training for 15 girls. And how big is IT Girls now? Uh, Now IT Girls is a countrywide initiative. Two years ago, we entered schools. So we started cooperating with elementary schools. Uh, We are not teaching just uh, web development anymore. We are now also tackling into robotics programming languages such as Python, uh, and also augmented uh, reality and machine learning. We are now also cooperating with different IT software development companies in the country to support women empowering principles, which are the global initiative, initiative for the companies to be more equal in providing maternity leave, in providing all the different conditions that are specific to women in software development companies. So I'm very proud of it. I I feel it's uh, really empowering women and girls across the country. We end always with a question that is very important for every woman. How can we all, every one of us, encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? Well, the first thing would be leading by example because no one can be or wish to be what they cannot see. Another thing is to inspire girls from from young age, providing these examples of women in in, in, this, in different industries, just telling them you can be this, you know, there's a woman that's already doing this job and you can be whatever you want, just you need to want it. Seeing the examples that we have in, in, in our own community, you don't have to to travel far to to find that inspiring 
role model or a hero for you. Like it, it might be your mother or sister or grandma or, or a friend. Uh, anyone in, that com- in, in your community could inspire you to reclaim your own power. I'd like to, to finish with the, with the sentence that the power is within us and we all need to take steps to take that power and to show who we actually are and how we can move the mountains when we want. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you, Sharon. It was really a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you. As we wrap up this episode, we thank our listeners for the time they spend with us and Lisa DeJavine, who spends time editing and co-producing the Power Stories podcast. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment, or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.